We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a tech-savvy royal family. Yes, yes, ever since the palace became Wi-Fi enabled, it's become so easy to use the Name Your Price tool on Progressive.com. I do agree, my queen. Simply telling it what we want to spend and seeing all our policy options, I'll send a screenshot to Duke, the Duke of Kent. No, my friend Duke, we're in a group chat together, LOL. It's easy to find insurance that fits your budget with the Name Your Price tool at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, price and coverage match limited by state law. You'll be surprised at a couple of names that are on my Mongol team. No spoilers, but... Does one of them rhyme with Shmanislav <laughs> Pananovich? This is the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by Mondogold.com, your premier destination for daily fantasy soccer. Head over to Mondogold.com and enter code ROTO for a 200% bonus on your first deposit. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew. 
Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. It's the weekend preview for Match Week Seven, and I am your usual host, Mike Gottlieb, with my usual co-host Andrew Laird, with maybe an accidental third host in Violet. <laughs> Hopefully, we do not get that. But yes, and, it's entirely possible. And then also there may be an accidental feline host coming up in a few minutes as well because I have some sick cats who need some attention as well. But enough about cats. Let's get, let's get to the football here or the soccer as we call it here. Um, Andrew, it's a big weekend this weekend for a couple of teams. But overall this weekend, again, this is what I've been talking about all season. A lot of the matchups are just there's not a lot of clear mismatches. Yeah, not too many of them. I think there are a few games that you could definitely key on. But uh, overall, yeah, it's more than just the bottom clubs have been able to, you know, at least for the most part, have been able to clip a goal or two sometimes. And, you know, when you when you kind of go all in for like a clean sheet or something and they're able to to sneak one in, that's that's a problem. And I feel like every team has a player has at least one player where you say, yes, he could score against anybody. Uh, Aston Villa, maybe not, but everybody else, I feel like, uh, has a, a clean sheet killer that, you know, you're going to have to just sort of accept that. Yeah. In case in point last week, I mean, uh, Aston Villa playing against the team that a lot of people probably picked last week to start, which was Liverpool exactly. know, against Norwich and yep. Norwich got that late goal from Russell Martin, who earlier witnessed the birth of his child. It was a good day. Yeah. That's quite that a day. A, that, that, that was a direct quote from Russell Martin. It was a good day. <laughs> yeah. That. There was all this talk like, oh, Russell Martin made it. And nobody kind of knew why that was a big deal. And then it was, yeah, his son was born the night before. And then he flew to the match that morning, played in it, and scored. <laughs> and then went back. And then went back, yes. Yeah. I remember last week I famously said, I'll take the Martin Skirtle part of the Russell Martin Skirtle before and after from the Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. And, yeah, that was a bad call by me as usual. <laughs> but let's get on to this week the first game of the weekend it's a big one uh the 745 games on saturday have been really entertaining yeah they have been uh this one's going to be no different with spurs at home against manchester city is this i was jokingly asked like is this the game that harry kane finally scores (laughs) i was like now that no one's gonna think it this is when it's gonna happen like i would feel more comfortable starting him now apparently because the narrative just makes sense, and it's just a, it, it's a big game, and no one's expecting anything from him like the, like, like last year, and that's when he tends to score. Maybe I, I'm now starting to think how many goals will he finish with this season? Because we're we're six in, which isn't you know a huge amount in 38 games, but it's a decent number, and with zero so far. Uh, I, I didn't. He's on pace for zero. Right. I didn't think he was going to hit twenty again. I was pretty adamant about that. Not that that's like a lot of, a lot really of going out on a limb there. Yeah. Uh, I know uh, John Wallen, who we had on our earlier podcast this week, was which really... you should which you should listen to. I mean, if you're a download and not listen, you should listen to that one. <laughs> yes, yes. Although if that's the case, they're not listening now either. But uh, John has been adamant about being against Harry Kane all season. I mean, he's kind of, or all summer he was saying that there was just no way that Kane was going to be able to not even duplicate, but come in within, I think it was, you know, 80% of what he did last year, 70%, because he's just not, it's kind of a body type that is not meant to play this much soccer. Um, He's obviously, uh, you know, he obviously played a ton last year and then was named to the English squad. So now he's a first, you know, first team member there that, is going to take a lot. You know, he plays in these Euro qualifiers now, and it's just a, a very different 
um, responsibility when you're on that team as opposed to the under-21 side that he was playing on previously. So, To be fair, uh, though, he's scoring for England. Yeah, that's that's well. Unfortunately, I think that's where his goals are going to come. <laughs> you know, they're, if they're not coming, if they're going to come for anybody, it's going to be for England instead of for Spurs. So, yes, he could score this week. You know, he can score any week. But I'm I'm staying away from Harry Kane for for a while most, now. Most will mostly because I think that there are better matchups in in any given week. I mean, even Spurs at home against Sunderland, I'm going to start looking at other yeah. options to just to because I. I'm not going to put my my chips with with Harry. Yeah, Kane. like like so. You know, this is it's more. This is this me coming from a sports betting background. Mm-hmm. But when people start to give up on somebody, that's when I buy in. Sure. Because they're going to be so undervalued, and especially when you especially when you think of weekly games here, you know the volatility because you're you're going to you're going to get a lot of shares of the points that any points that uh, Harry Kane scores. Yep. So you know, if, especially if you pick them this weekend. Uh, the volatility on Harry Kane, which is, which is, you know, especially last season, low. You know, you're, you you had yeah. no volatility. You know, everyone had him. Now, virtually nobody has him. Yeah, I mean, that's so, certainly a fair point, particularly this week, like yeah. home against Man City. But I feel like if you're, if you're the kind of fantasy player that essentially plays matchups instead of individual players, which is certainly, that's basically how I play, yeah. that if Spurs are home against Norwich, you're going to, say, okay, who are the guys from Tottenham going to play? And I feel like Harry Kane's still that top choice. So I'm not sure people are, like, jumping off left and right um, in terms of from the matchup standpoint. Obviously, this weekend, like, I'm not sure how many how many strikers you're playing, uh, you know, for teams that are hosting Man City anyway. But, I mean, sure, he's going to be under own this week. I think more because of Man City than how he's been this season. Fair point. It's a fair point. It's just you know, just to bring it up, you know, like this is this is when a lot of you know, uh, you know, the sharps in betting. This is when they would start picking picking up shares. Yeah, that's fair. I'll, I'll note speaking of Man City defense that Pablo Zabaleta is healthy again. Um, he declared himself fully fit, and uh, Manuel Pellegrini said this morning, Friday morning, that uh, he's he'll be available for the match. So Bakari Sanya has been filling in pretty well. I mean, they've only given up two goals in six matches, but. Uh, Zabaleta is a much better player, so I think it's only a matter of time before he gets that spot back. I don't think it'll be this weekend, though. Yeah, it's tough. Tough. Thanks for thanks for helping out. <laughs> you can take your place in the bench. It's been, I don't like Sanya as much. Anyway, it, it, that can be a bias. Either way, it, I think Zabaleta is the better option, but we'll see what happens. And I think long term, Zabaleta might be a nice buy low. Yeah, that's fair. Just, you know, long term. All right, but uh, Sergio Aguero has been struggling. Does he continue to struggle? I mean, struggling in the way that he's not scoring at the same rate that, that you're accustomed. Yeah. But, you know, against West Ham, he should have had about two or three minimum because Adrian stoned him on a, a couple of times, sure and he just flat out missed on a couple. So it's just he's yeah. just a little bit out of sorts. Yeah, Manuel Pellegrini said today that um, he wasn't 100% for that match. Uh, and he was rested for the midweek Capital One Cup, so uh, he thinks he's back to 100%. So I I have very tough times passing on Aguero, particularly at White Hart Lane, where we've seen plenty of opposing players score. So um, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to keep rolling with him. And David Silva out again, just recently announced. 
Yes. So yeah, Silva's out, so you would assume that um, De Bruyne fills in. Yep. Nicely. Yep. And uh, Samir Nasri's back. I don't know if that means he'll play on the wing instead of uh, Navas. Nice. I doubt it, but at least this gives Navas a little more. Uh, you time. know, no one is better at crossing a ball to a defender than Jesus Navas. <laughs> Nobody. What was it? Twenty for twenty. He missed last week. That, I, that is the stat that I saw. Yes. It's unbelievable. I think it included some crosses. I was, excuse me, some corners. Which, not that that makes it any better, but, but yeah, I believe he went zero for twenty. So when it's ad libbed or when it's set piece, he still can't hit. Correct. Anything but a defender. Right. That's basically all. So yeah. Well, no, he can't hit the defender. He just can't. Can't hit his own guys. Just, oh well. Anyway, <laughs> why Jesus Navas is taking corners is beyond me as well. Yeah, I don't All know. Right. I, I'll have to go back and check if that was the case. But yeah, but uh, so two questions: one, would you start any defender for either team? And two, would you start any Spur? Period. No. no I, 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 let me take that back. I would consider Kolarov because I I consider him every week. I think he's this season's Kieran Trippier, except he scores more than he doesn't cross as much, but he scores more. Uh, and you know, it's not like Spurs have been blowing the ball off, the nets off. So, you know, I would be collar off. I would definitely uh, consider and Spurs. I'm, I'm going to stay away completely. Okay. So another team that's been blowing the balls off has been Leicester. <laughs> They're at home against <laughs> Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, it's a really entertaining game. I, and I will be watching this one. Yeah. There's a big match for both of them. Yeah. Uh, there, there is no doubt in my mind which matchup I'm going to be tuned into. And it's going to be this one at the 10 o'clock slot. Um, Riyad Mahrez or Alexi Sanchez at this point. I mean, who would you feel more comfortable starting? I think in uh, oh, that's a great in a, question it, it, for, for this for the, for weekly. Yeah, it, no, no, I know. I think it. Oh, man, yeah, for daily purposes, where you tend to get a little more. Actually, I'm not sure that matters. Give me Mahrez this week, um, but I think we're going to learn a lot from Leicester from this match. I think I don't think that they win it and. And I don't think they can't go down two nothing against Arsenal. Uh, well, I think they can actually. If there's, I mean, that's how they play, right? They play from behind. So the Arsenal is going to be without Francis Coquelin, who is a big part of their defensive uh, shield. Yeah. So it it depends who they put in that spot. Uh, Matthew Flamini scored twice against Spurs in the midweek in this Capital One Cup match. So they're talking about him getting a start, which. Remember when Mikel just, Arteta was the captain? I was going to say Arteta is the other option. Um, he, my, uh, Flamini is hardly a, a real defensive. I mean, he's not he, very good. Let, let's just he, like. He, 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 I mean, he'll get a yellow card in this game, that's for sure. For sure. Um, so with the way that Leicester plays, yeah. I feel like they have yeah. to play a little more defensively, which means Arteta. And no Santi Cazola. Yep, Cazorla's so, out. So that's both of the shields. That, 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 I mean, Santi Cazorla's been the one that's been playing back. You know, if they if they played double pivot, yeah, it would have been. It, so both of their double pivots are gone. Yes, my my so guess I, is that they'll put they'll move Ramsey back a little bit into the Cazorla spot, and really what they should have been doing this entire time is turning Callum Chambers into a defensive midfielder, but he's just he doesn't he can't do it, um, and my fear is that they put him there because they don't have anybody else. I mean, I guess they could theoretically move Gabriel up because he's available, but by the that, way, that sounds too, by, way too defensive by the way, for Arsenal. By the way, I totally agree it shouldn't have been a straight red card. 
but it was definitely stupid enough for him to get a second yellow, which would have meant he would have been suspended for this game. Totally agree. Totally agree. Let me cut you off for a quick second there because I believe there's a hearing today about whether they're going to move that red to a yellow, in which case he would be suspended. So I, th- he's not completely out of the clear. Let me Okay. Let me because cause that, to, that to me would be a total slight against Chelsea and specifically Diego Costa, who, by the way, you know, he gets fouled for penalties often. He gets fouled for penalties often and doesn't complain. He does complain about it, but he doesn't get calls. Yeah. And this time he did get a call, and then they're going to take it away. It's just like, you know, this is why he plays like that. It's because he feels like he gets no respect. And a lot of instances he doesn't. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, the they clearly missed what he did to Koscielny, which is, and that's why he got the red, not because of the, uh, or that's why he got the suspension, not for anything to do with Gabriel, who should be, bench just for stupidity for falling for this garbage um but the the stuff in Kishelny and it wasn't the body check which was one of the better flops I've seen in a while but it was you know basically just mauling him on in in actual open play but but yeah I think Gabriel certainly deserved a second yellow anyway so yeah he should be suspended but we'll see yeah it just I'm staying away from Arsenal defenders in this game anyway Oh yeah, you should stay away from all defenders in this game. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, Leicester defense hasn't been great either. No, but in fairness, Arsenal have five goals in six games. I mean, they're not—they have the fewest goals of anybody in the top eight. So it's you know they're not—it's it, the you know what we're saying. Alexis Sanchez has been struggling. Giroud's been struggling. Walcott should be starting every week, and he's not, which is just crazy to me. So I'll see. Maybe we'll see Oxlade Chamberlain a little bit this week if Ramsey has to move back. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I, I, I think I think the best thing to do for me would be to put Giroud up top and Walcott on the wing. I know Walcott doesn't like it, but too bad. Yeah. Well, the problem is if you put Walcott on the wing, then you're taking Sanchez. Or you say Walcott and Sanchez on the wings. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is then you're moving Oxlade-Chamberlain a little more centrally, which doesn't... Or you don't play Oxlade-Chamberlain is my point. You put Aaron, yeah. you, I mean, you could put Ramsey in the central defense, and you can with uh, Flamini or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Well, and then you'd have Ozil in the middle of those. Uh, of yeah, it's not a lot of defense to be played, but you know you're in a, you're in a tough spot. Yep. Yeah. Eesh. Should be goals. There should be plenty of goals. Yeah, I think offensively, there's a lot of options to go with. But especially for the price point, I mean, it really depends. I mean, th- there's a case to be made that Alexi Sanchez should be priced lower than Riyad Mahrez. Yeah, I think Mahrez is the, the, absolutely the, be- the top play in this game. Yeah. Which is crazy when you think about it. <laughs> it is. It absolutely is. And just remember, like, the first weeks of the season, like, I'm not buying in. Do you remember when Mark Albrighton was the top midfield option for Leicester? Whoops. <laughs> It's the big thing whoops. about I mean, the big thing I mean, about we've always said it. You're you be chasing assists, and yeah. the, the seasons that Seth Fabregas had, like last season, don't come around often. That's well, why I was not big on Seth Fabregas going so early in like our season long drafts. Well, what's funny about it is that Leicester co lead the, the Premier League in goals. Like it's not like they're not. It's not like you're chasing assists for a team that that's not scoring. They're scoring a ton, and All Brighton's just not that involved. He's not crossing as much as he was last year. And or even in the first two games this season, I think that's what's taking his hit in a lot of uh, in a lot of daily games. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, 100%. that's a long, 
long. Hundred percent agree. But let's go to one of the let's go to one of the games that we were talking about earlier, which is Liverpool at home against Aston Villa. Um, everyone, a lot of people went for Mignolet last weekend and kind of fell into a trap there because he just didn't get very many points. Uh, would you? Would you? It happens. Would you go there again? I would. That's the that's the worst part about it. Like I've, I don't know how many times I've like sworn off the Liverpool defense. I I will probably find another option. I and I'll, I guarantee that I will find another option other than Mignolet. But I understand the the case here. What's funny is that somebody joked that it was a Benteke revenge game, which is what we just kind of use when a guy's playing his former club. But really, it's an Aston Villa revenge. Like you'd think that they would want to post a pretty good result against Liverpool showing Benteke that he shouldn't have left, which, you know, is silly to think about, but Benteke's out anyway because of this hamstring. Exactly. Injury, I was about so. to say the, the revenge thing is that Benteke's injuries kept uh, are showing that they're going to take the revenge on Benteke for just being healthy. Exactly. So we'll see. I wonder if we'll see um, Danny Ings start along with, um, with Daniel Sturridge or if they'll, just have Sturge as a lone striker and kind of pack the midfield with guys like Coutinho and Milner and, and I think Lalana still a little banged up. If uh, how about a Jordan Ibe? I was going to say maybe I, Ibe's or Lalana's back. Excuse me, Ibe has been uh, you know stuck on the bench. He hasn't done anything that's been worthy of of playing. Yeah. But they're with, basically they're without Henderson, Firmino, and Benteke, who at the beginning yeah. of the season I think you'd say they're three three best players. Or three of four with Coutinho. Especially with those rumors starting to swirl that Klopp is interested in coming yeah. to the Premier League. And, you know, Did you hear the other one? That they're that Pep Guardiola is going to coach England? Oh, no, that's a great one, too. It was uh, Ancelotti was the next Liverpool yeah, sure. target. Why which, not? Yeah. I, I mean, if they're all available, why not? Right. But, I mean, my big thing about Liverpool is that they got to show something this game. Yeah, or else they're going to be playing for a different manager. Yeah, Wallen uh, made the point on Tuesday, a great one about how well Alberto Moreno has been playing or played last week, and I think he's obviously, I think he's definitely going to get that starting spot back uh, from Joe Gomez. But we'll, uh, I don't know if anybody, or basically if Wallen noticed that we picked up three players during that podcast, one of which was me picking up Moreno <laughs> after he talked about how great he was. So thanks, yeah, John. Uh, yeah, I was about to say thank you, John, and and and. Screw you, Andrew, because I, t- I was going to do the same thing, but yeah. you did it first. <laughs> well, in fairness, you picked up Falcao, and two minutes later, when you said you picked him up, I picked up Remy. Yeah, so, you know, it's... We'll get to that game shortly. We will get to that game <laughs> shortly. Who knows what's going to happen in that one. All right. Well, another defense that needs to show something specifically is Manchester United, because they're going to be without basically everybody. <laughs> and they're going to be at home against Sunderland, who... As much as they are the whipping boys, in my opinion, of the Premier League, they still do have Jermaine Defoe and Jermaine Lenz. Yep. Yeah, the it's like it's like the exact opposite of the unstoppable force versus an immovable object. It's a very movable object and a very stoppable force. <laughs> I like that. That's well played. Yeah. Um, no Luke Shaw. No Marcos Rojo, which leaves that left by, left back spot open. Patty McNair is banged up too. So I think. Bill Jones. Yeah, Jones is just coming back from this um, blood clotting blood issue clot. that he had. Um, Van, Van Gaal already said he's not able to play 90. So, you know, it's tough to start a defender knowing that you're going to have to sub him off. So uh, Matteo Darmian will be there. Smalling will be there. My guess 
and I've I've seen I've said this a few weeks or last week before Rojo went down that they send Blind Daily Blind as left back and Michael Carrick as a center back and there's nothing worse than getting two midfielders playing as defenders um, in terms of fantasy so but theoretically it should be strong defensively if they're starting Carrick Schneiderlin and Schweinsteiger you know basically in the middle with Smalling you know that those are a lot of big bodies that can play kind of against somebody like Jermaine Defoe, who is about half the size of, the, of all those guys. But it only leaves you with two defensive options to start. If you're looking, you know, if you're focusing on a Man United defense for a clean sheet, your only options are Chris Smalling, who scores two goals a season. I think he already has one. And Darmian, who has been good but doesn't cross the ball a ton and while he moves up doesn't seem to really ever be close to, the, close to goal when goals happen. So... Um, you know, you can take them, but I think there, I think there are defensive options on other teams you can pick. Uh, that being said, I think David De Gea is an excellent option this week. Yeah, that's been one of my smarter decisions is to draft him anyway, yep. even though all the rumors were happening. Yep. But uh, it makes me nervous that the, that that back four makes me nervous, even against the likes of Sunderland, which is saying something. Who's your top offensive play in this game? I knew I knew you were going to ask that, and. You got to think that it's Martial. I know. I know. It's crazy. The guy is on an absolutely unbelievable streak. And the there's no reason to, not that there's no reason to think he can't keep it up. This is an unsustainable mark. But you have to think that he will, you know, he scored against better teams and now he's trying to go up against Sunderland. I don't know. They, like, you don't want to like pay for goals that already happened, but he's the best option, right? He has for all to. You know, for, all, for all you know, Van Gaal is going to start just Rooney up top and rest Martial. Just, just because. Yeah, yeah, just because. The kid's 19. Like he, he shouldn't have to rest until May. But yeah, I think what's like I would definitely take him first. I would, I would take Memphis after that, particularly in some daily games because he, he can like really fill the, the daily game stat sheet. Um, and I think I would take Mata over Rooney. I ranked Rooney really high this week, and it was only because I didn't want to rank Martial, and then he scored again, and now I'm rege- regretting it. Yeah, yeah. And would you go with? And would you even think about maybe a Jermaine Defoe this week? No, there's no. <laughs> I have a really hard time putting any money on Jermaine Defoe, regardless of the the matchup, and so no. So you would just pick Manchester United offensive players. No defenders because there won't be many playing. You would pick De Gea and you would pick no one from Sunderland. I would consider Darmian, but the price is usually pretty high, and he doesn't do a he doesn't provide a ton of peripheral stats. And mm-hmm. at that point, you're basically signing up for Chris Smalling, who I would never pick. So, I, yeah, you talk me out of him. So yes, all the attacking <laughs> options of Man United, and I I'm staying away from Sunderland. Gotcha. All right, so let's get into the portion of the weekend where it's mostly very similarly ranked teams here. So Southampton at home against Swansea, that's a coin flip to me, and I'm not even sure how many goals are going to be scored. I can't. I can't even figure out if they'll be. You know, by, you know, would Southampton be able to nick one or two against a, a solid Swansea defense, especially on the road? Um, would you? Would you consider? Who would you consider having the advantage in this game, Southampton or Swansea? I think you're. You nailed it that it's a coin flip, particularly because it's at Southampton, although 
they haven't been like awesome at home, but the, I think they're two. Yeah. Like you said, they're two very equal teams in terms of talent and upside. And I, I could see this being scoreless, um, you know, a few shots on goal, but I, I don't know that there's not enough. There's not enough on either side to convince me that they're worth breaking through against some other options. Like you can't look at these games in a vacuum, like each, you know, while, you know, one team's only playing another, but you have so many other options just around the league that uh, to to think that Graziano Pele is going to outproduce, uh, you know, Daniel Sturridge or any of the Man City options. And at the same time, I'm not sure Bafi Timigomi, who hasn't been, you know, he's obviously uh, not scoring one goal a game like he was earlier in the season. So I, I struggle to see anybody that, like, bounce, you know, jumps out at me. And so I'll probably just pass on this game completely. Yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking, too. I'm thinking this game's a total pass. I mean, there, there's it should be a good players, game, and they're good they're, teams. But it's, uh, yeah, and the, the 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 two players that I would actually yeah the two players I would consider are both midfielders, and they're IU because I love IU, and even though he's been struggling, um, I like IU and I like Sadio Mane if he starts. Yeah, Sadio Mane just is always in the middle of something for Southampton. Yeah, Tadic has been playing well recently, but like we said, I did, this game could be scoreless, and I'll be you know you say no, wow and, they have all and, these yeah, offensive and, options, how could it be scoreless? And yeah, then, but it's like. Uh, you you can you can say you if you told me this game was two two or zero zero or three one or something like that, none of those would surprise me. Exactly. The only thing that would surprise me is if it was like five nothing. Yes, that would surprise me. Like if yes. there was like a large differential in goals, like if it was four one or something like that, that would surprise me. Yes, right, right. the large differential, but scoreless yeah. or both teams scoring, like I don't know. Which is why I you know mostly I would probably mostly pass unless there's you know a good pricing to me. Yeah. That, They'd have to be thing. really, really good. Yeah. All right. Because <coughs> Southampton has some really cheap guys on Mondo goal. Yeah. Tadic and Pele are really cheap, and yeah, yeah, they may not have yeah. been cheap enough for me. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Well, that, we'll force out of that as our daily dose that we'll do later in the episode here. Yeah. But let's go on to Stoke at home against Burnmouth again. To me, this is pretty equal. Um, Stoke have been looking great recently offensively, but so have Burnmouth. Yep. So I think the only surprising thing would be if it was zero zero. Yeah, I kind of felt that way too. Um, there are better defensive, like I think there are better defensive options that I'm not going to try to roll out. Jack Butland, or I guess you could think of Simon Francis because he gets involved in the attack a lot. But from the Stoke side, you're still I'm still left with the difficulty of pinning down who who plays. Well, not who even just where? who plays, but even if everybody that I think plays will play, you know, I'll pick Boyan and Diouf would get the goal. I'll go with. Uh, you know, Arnautovic, and then it's Shakiri that gets the assist. So I just feel like there are too many guys that are... It was just like last year, whenever... If, 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 if Juve started, Crouch scored off the bench, and if Crouch started, Juve scored off the bench. Yeah. That's Stoke style. Yeah. I just... Uh, is Afalai back, or I think he has one more game, right? He has one more. Yeah, so... That'll even know. cause even more. Yeah, I was going to say, that almost that makes it better that he's not an option because it doesn't complicate things. But uh, Shakiri, I think, is... I don't know what people's expectations were of him at the beginning of the year. I didn't, or, you know, when he, at least when he joined, like I was never that high on him just because we just, we didn't know how good he was uh, playing 90 minutes. And while he's gotten some peripheral stats, he's certainly not the a big goal scorer. Not it's, yet, at least. Do you think that comes, though? As do he you gets integrated he... into the league, yeah, I think it'll start coming. Yeah, I, I, I think double-digit goals is a big, is a stretch for him. 
I think it'll be right around there, between eight. It's not too between like you know, nine and twelve. Yeah, something that range. I think ten is a perfect over under for him. How's yeah, that? I'll take the under comfortably. Actually, I, I, of course, because you have no, you are so pessimistic for some reason. Only against people I like. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's go, uh, but on the Burma side, Callum Wilson, you got to like him in this game, right? Yeah, yeah. He's it's a I I feel bad, which is a kind of a weird way to to feel, but because it is a decent play, but I think that there are better options that I particularly price wise on. Huh, even okay. though he's cheap, uh, I think All I think right, I found well, at least okay. a few options that are better. Let's save that for the daily dose. You guys will have to keep listening for that. Let's go on, though, to West Ham against Norwich. Uh, this, this might be a mismatch, but Norwich always seemed to get a goal. Like, you know, it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be surprising me if it was like 3-1 mm-hmm. West Ham, for example. Totally agree. But uh, I don't think it'll be zero on yeah. the Norwich side. Then good luck figuring out who the Norwich goal comes from. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. But, yeah, I think West Ham is a great play here. Victor yeah. Moses, Dimitri Payet, Diafra Sacco, those are pretty much the only three I would take. But and, you know, despite Norwich possibly nicking one i would be fine starting jenkinson cresswell and adrian too I, I'm, I'm willing to to hope that they can hold out for the 90 plus and that norwich gets a few opportunities but isn't able to break through <laughs> just like just the blueprint they use against manchester city used the same thing against norwich apparently yeah i mean it, it, it i had you've got to be confident that they're not going to give up a ton of that they're not going to get killed by norwich I mean, if you look at the... At home, especially. At home, right. Well, so, actually, at home's been their bugaboo. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a fair point, too. Um, yeah, it's like they already left. All the bubbles burst at home, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, six goals allowed at home, one goal allowed on the road, which is just crazy. But, yeah, I think I think this is a match defensively worth, worth considering for West Ham. Yeah. All right, now let's go on to a game that we thought would have been a mismatch no matter what. Newcastle at home against Chelsea, but the way Chelsea play, you have no idea. No Diego Costa, as we've said earlier. I picked up Falcao. You picked up Loic Remy. So, obviously, depending on who gets the call is the one that obviously is, is the play here for Chelsea mm-hmm. going forward. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Eden Hazard's in the same boat as Alexi Sanchez being extraordinarily disappointing. You know, Asmir Begovic, can you trust him on the road against Newcastle? With the, you know, the, the, you know, it looks like it looks like a John Terry list defense going forward. Now, he's, I think John Terry's now firmly on the bench. It seems that way, right? I mean, it seems that way, but you never know. John Terry played with the second team in the Capital One Cup against Walsall. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's they started to have a thought that maybe Pedro would start up front as a striker and they would be able to fit in hazard oscar willian yeah as as if they didn't learn their lesson from when they did that with andre sherlock right but um Mourinho said today that it's going to be either remy or falcao he's not gonna obviously stay right he doesn't know yet but i by his uh, ego says falcao i'm just saying yeah i mean i i agree I I'm not sold though. Like it seems like Falcao should find a team that he can play for all the time to find out if he. It's is hard with still his good. It's, First of all, it's hard. It's hard for two reasons. One, not many people can afford his salary. Yep. Two, if you want to try to renegotiate his salary, you're going to have to come up with some kind of exorbitant fee for with Monaco because Monaco yeah. paid so much money for. Him. Yeah. So no, I just I, I just don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. 
Oh, I agree that it won't happen. I just think for his career, that's what he has to do. Yeah, he's got to play as much as he can to just get back to playing. Like he's he was never the kind of player to that was like sporadically used. I mean, he was like an elite goal scorer uh, before this torn ACL that just sapped him of everything. Um, And he's he's also getting closer to thirty. Yep. Yep. So you know, it's not like he's a spring chicken. Yeah, that's true. Um, Steve McLaren said Alexander Mitrovich is probably going to start. What do you think about that? I was I actually was going to ask you the question: Would you start any Newcastle no. forward going against this Chelsea defense? No, it didn't move the meter for me, but I'm still not exactly convinced with Chelsea defensively. Yeah, well, as long as Ivanovic is there, you're going to question it. Uh, as long, yeah, basically, that's a good that's a you're good, fine good way with, to put it. You're fine with Cahill and Zuma. I'm fine with Cahill and Zuma. Or would you prefer I'm, somebody else? I'm fine with Cahill and Zuma if both Modic and Leftus-Cheek start in front of them. Oh, okay. Which they won't. They, exactly. They, they, need, they need... Those two particularly would need shields because they take chances. Right. So, which is fine. I think, that, I, think, I think Chelsea should be aggressive defensively because they're talent-wise better than almost everybody. So, yeah, you should want to get the ball back and get it to your teammates, but... If you don't have shields, then you're not going to do that, and then you sit further back and you're letting goals. Yeah. Anyway, that, that's that's just that that's basic tactics. But you know, with Newcastle at home, I mean, Chelsea on the road are not a good bet for a clean sheet here, and which means to me, it's just midfielders and forwards for this game, unless you get a good price. Um, I agree, but I think there are good prices to be had. Yeah, I, I, I agree. <laughs> I, yeah, I agree, and I think we'll get to it. And I think the final score for this will be like two-one Chelsea. And who do you think scores for Newcastle? That's what I keep coming back to. I can't figure out who scores. I, this, frankly, this, I say that this, every this week. This would be a good time for like Jorginho Wijnaldum to, you know, score a goal again. He scored last week, so yeah. So did Janmat. Janmat had a huge score last week. I know. But that's my problem with Newcastle. It's the same problem as Stoke, except they're the Stoke players are better. Who knows? It might be someone like Gabby Overton. Exactly. You just exactly. don't know. Right. So I'm he not. Looks almost human. Sorry, uh, <laughs> he, he he plays very robotically. Yes. All right, uh, but let's go on to Watford at home against Crystal Palace. A lot of people like what Odian Igalo is yeah. doing. Uh, he, he's been he's been a very very inexpensive option. He's been scoring goals, and then Crystal Palace on the other side just don't use forwards anymore because Patrick Bamford apparently is terrible. Yeah, uh, Connor Wickham is healthy again, but um, Alan Pardew said today that he's not going to start which I assume means it's still Balassi or Sacco up front with all the other midfielders. Yeah, last week it was both of them up front. Yeah, yeah. It's just insane. Yeah, it's a weird... It's weird. <laughs> That's how I'll put it. But I think they're all fine plays. I think those two are the... the, the well, I'd probably put Punch in ahead of Balassi. I've just never been... You've liked Balassi a lot more than I have, but I think Sacco is the clear top fantasy option at Crystal Palace oh, right that, now. That's, that's, to- that's totally clear. Backward yeah. Sacco is Yannick Velocity with a left foot that can yeah. score. Yeah. But I, yeah. Which is why I thought Velocity was going to move on, by the way. I thought he was going to go to another team. Yeah. I wouldn't rule that out for January. Yeah. He's, so they can straighten he's, uh, this out. It seems like they're also, playing... He's also Europe eligible <clears throat> for any team that's in a European competition. Yeah. It just seems like he is playing because he's good enough to play, but he doesn't necessarily fit anymore. Does that make sense? Well, like it's yeah, almost like they play him because they have to play him because they have. Oh, yes, yeah, so, well, someone else took his spot. That's what happened. Well, yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's essentially what happened. Factory Soccer took his spot. Yeah, 
and just, and it's taken and it's taken the spot very well. But on the Wofford side, um, is there anyone other than Igalo and possibly Dini that you would consider playing here? No, I don't think so. And no Crystal Palace defenders probably right. Uh, I mean, Papa Suarez gets forward. Yeah, Suarez is the only one that I would consider. And Scott Dan gets a forward on some on some corners, but yeah, no, you're not that excited. No, no. Okay, would you start Alex McCarthy, no. the goaltender? No goalies in this one. Herelio Gomez. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. McCarthy. Yes, yes, yes. I would McCarthy consider McCarthy. McCarthy guess Gomez. No. Sorry. Yes. Perfect. Although okay. Gomez could could see a, a ton big of number sticks. of shots. Yeah. So. Well, I, no, sorry. He'll face a ton of shots. That's I what I mean. Many are on target. No, that's true. That's because a, you have velocity shooting, <laughs> you have punching shooting. They either go in or they go wide. Fair point. So it's not like it's shots on goal. So yeah. just you know, with with caution, he'll see shots. I'm not sure if they'll be saves. Yeah. All right, but uh, last one of the last one of the game was Monday evening. It would be West Brom at home against Everton. Yeah, this is just I don't even know what to make of this game. I mean, I, you every all signs are pointing to Everton should be dominating this game, but yes. then again, it's Everton. Yep. Um, yeah, that's a problem. Seamus Coleman should or is maybe going to be back. John Stones may miss out, and that puts them in a huge bind if Stones misses out. Um, just because they don't have a ton of center backs to make up for it. Um, but And West Brom with Solomon Rondon and uh, Saito Barahino, who have looked pretty good together so far. So I'd see no reason not to uh, keep them. You know, yeah, keep Rondon that. to me is still the solid number one because Barahino yes. has been playing out on the left. Yep, totally agree. And I'm saying if, Ron, if uh, Everton uh, don't have uh, stones, I, w- I like Rondon even more. Like, I'm not sure this is it, – it would be tough to fill your defensive spots with this two-game slate if you play, like, a Sunday-Monday. Yeah, defensively here, I don't see very very much value across the board, pretty much. I mean, Browning would be, you know, someone who – he's priced low enough. He's been playing well. Galloway, similarly. But, you know, against Solomon Rondon, if there's no John Stones, you're totally right. You, you, and I mean, you can't you can't go Tim Howard here because if there's no stones, Tim Howard he may be coming under. I mean, it's there's just no good way to explain to justify using any defender for either team at this point. Yeah, that's how I feel. Yep. Yeah. But you can definitely talk yourself into a Lukaku. Oh yeah. Into a Solomon Rondon and a Runa. You know what? How about this? Combining combined points, who yeah. scores more? Rondon or Barahino or Kone and Lukaku? Um, it depends on the format. Actually, I'm not sure it does. I, let's, I would, say, let's, let's say the Mondo Goal format because we do Mondo Goal Daily Dose, and we are brought to you by Mondo Goal. Yeah, let's go with... I'm going to take the West Brom side. Because I will take not, the Everton side. I know, side. You, you're much higher on Aruna Kone than I am. I think Aruna Kone... It may not be showing in fantasy stat sheets, but I think he's been absolutely tremendous yeah. for Everton. Yeah. So, you know, I'll still take the Everton side there. Okay. All right, we'll check back with that after the uh, – we'll, we'll talk about that probably on the uh, Tuesday edition of next week's podcast. So let's go to our daily dose. Let's go to our teams for the weekend. And I'll let – you know what? I usually start off with my defense. Let's have you start off with your goaltender in defense. All right. Um, David De Gea at 6.6 I feel like is almost a must-start home against Sunderland. That – his price anywhere, I think, would have been attractive, and he's now, you know, he's one of the lowest price ones just because uh, the pricing hasn't uh, 
basically updated since he became a starter again. So I think that's tremendous value. Uh, I didn't take any defenders to pair with him, though, because Darmian's really expensive and Smalling, I just don't love grabbing center backs. So uh, I paid 7.4 for Alberto Moreno because I like that Liverpool matchup. Um, I paid 6.4 for Bronislav Ivanovic because I think Chelsea, you know, we, back to the point, I'm just not sure who scores for Newcastle. So it, it's tough for me to to think that Chelsea can't shut them out. And then I paid 5.2 for Carl Jenkinson, who I think is tremendously undervalued for a starting fullback for West Ham against Norwich. Yep. So for me, uh, we're 50% matching here. I also have Jenkinson, and I also have, surprisingly, Bronislav Ivanovic. <laughs> I just think I'm surprised it allowed you to, to select him. <clears throat> yeah, I think God is punishing me because he's giving me this terrible cough right now. <laughs> but... Uh, no, Simo Minule is my goaltender. I paid up this, uh, to 7.4. I'm going right back to the well with the Liverpool defense. But mm-hmm. I didn't pair him with a Liverpool defender. I used Virgil van Dijk because Ooh. he's 4.2 million. Oh, that is good. So oh, you just said you thought, well, I guess you said that game could it, be scored. It's, the, it's the price. It's the price. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, if you get a, if, if, especially because I think he'll start again. Yeah, he, yeah, I think. So Virgil van Dijk, a starting defender for a matchup that, you know, it's just a 4.2 starting defender. There, yep. there you go. I mean, yep. That's really all, all I have to say about that. But uh, that, that, it allowed me to spend big in the midfield. And for my midfield, it's pretty much all the top guys that you want. It's Eden Hazard, 15. Oh, by the way, the format that we used is uh, we used the late Saturday oh, yeah. lineup on Mondo Goal. That's so, where the, their big GPPs are in pounds and in uh, dollars. Yeah. So, you know, this is, you know, that's the format we're using, and we are, again, proud to be sponsored by <laughs> Mamba Gold. Okay, so, Adam Hazard, 15.1 million, and then Dimitri Payet, 14.4 million, and then Riyad Mahrez at 11.5, and I guess I doubled up on Southampton here, even though despite what I said previously, then Sadio Mane at 11.4. Uh, I thought there were some values in the forward spots also. So, yeah, this is where we pay up. I also went Hazard, Paye, and Mahrez. Uh, the top two, or the first two, you know, are the highest, most expensive ones, but when you have the money, you can do it. And um, I love that West Ham matchup, and uh, you don't want to be on the... You don't want to be without Hazard if this is the game where he breaks out. And Mahrez is basically a must-play at 11-5, uh, regardless of who they're playing. So home against Arsenal, that doesn't scare me. And I went 9.8 for Oscar, who I think, um, I don't know, I, I, it's three Chelsea players for a team that hasn't been fantastic this season, although, what is it, they're, is it 6 nothing aggregate in their last two matches? With yeah, the Champions it's, it's, League, and oh, I guess no, I forgot the Wal- uh, Capital Walsall's, One Cup. Yeah, about to say, Walsall scored, scored yeah. one. But, I mean, Chelsea, the problem with Chelsea hasn't been the fact that they haven't scored goals. Yeah, that's, that's They true. have scored goals, they just haven't. Played very well defensively. Yeah. But I'm willing to, to take them to double on Oscar if he you know, if he gets back on free kicks, we kinda of see him take turns with Willian, but um they're I'll both take that good chance at it. with Newcastle. They're both yeah, good at it. They are. They are. So, so right. yeah, those are my that's my midfield and then my forwards, uh Anthony Martial, who we talked about earlier, is the top play in that game at five million is an absurd value, but is probably so cheap that he'll be hundred percent owned everywhere. Um, I paid 9.9 for Daniel Sturridge, which um, I 
I wouldn't say I'm like overly happy about it because I basically picked him over uh, Alexis Sanchez, uh, Loic Remy, Graziano Pele, guys like that. Um, but I also paid eight million for Diaphor Sacco. Mm. So I took Daniel Sturridge at nine point nine. And I took Callum Wilson at 9.5. Oh, Wilson, right. Wilson was one of the ones I picked. I, think, I, I, I knew you were going to pick Callum yeah. Wilson. I, I, just, I just went ahead, even though I, I figured you just forgot. Because it's just assumed that you would pick Callum Wilson because yeah. you've been on him all season. And similar to you, I picked a very low price forward to go along with them in Falcao, 4.8. Wow. Cheap, right? The, the only problem with Falcao is that you don't know from, if he plays 90. Well, not even that. The um, Mondogol roster lock locks at 10, like 10 our time. So you don't know who's starting for Chelsea when this goes in. So you're leaving yourself really vulnerable. I firmly believe. I, I, I don't believe in many things. But I do believe that Jose Mourinho has an ego. And this, I, I keep saying this. It has nothing to do with any kind of facts. It's a, It's just... Jose Mourinho got a lot of criticism for taking on Falcao when they said they didn't need him. Well, Diego Costa's out, and he feels that Falcao is the perfect replacement. He said that they're basically the same player, and if they're basically the same player, and that's what he likes up front, that's what's going to happen. It's, it's, it's what he wants, and he'll use Remy off the bench, because especially because Remy can pl- come in and plug in both on the wing or straight up front to be his uh, central forward. Good luck. Yeah, yeah I, but I was about to say, how did uh, DeAndre Edlin do last week for you uh, for your Sunderland pick there? The only thing I will say is that that lineup cashed. <laughs> but he got me zero points. And they already said he's not going to play this weekend, or he's not going to start this weekend. Yeah. Well, Great loan. Great. Well, you know, welcome to the world of Chelsea loanies. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I know. It's just it's going to be a crazy weekend for sure, and we are going to be having a lot of fun tracking with you. Follow us on Twitter for all of our comments during the games. I am at Sports by Gotti. That's G-O-T-T-I at the end there. And he's at Rotowire Andrew. And this has been the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Thank you for everyone for tuning in. Good luck, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment 
and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.